This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. And we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 2, and I will read these scriptures. Because we are going to deal with uh, still the hand of God. But we're going to talk about this place of authority that our, that our pastor Hill, Pastor Alva Hill, that my pastor is in and comes from. This place of authority. And it came to pass in verse 1, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and I gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad? seeing that thou art, not, thou art not sick. This is nothing else but sorrow of the heart. Then I was very sore afraid and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said, For what dost thou make requests? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me into Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchre, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I sent him a time, set him a time. Moreover, I said to the king, If it please the king, let letters be given me to the governor beyond the river, that I may convey over till I come into Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the fort, king's forest, that he may give me timber to be, and timber to make beams for the gates of the palace which pertain to the house, for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter in. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. Verse 11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days, and I arose in the night, and I and some few men with me, neither told I any man what my God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went by night, out by night, by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, unto the dung port, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain, into the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the brook, and viewed the wall, and turned back, and entered in the gate by the valley. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did, neither had I as I neither had I, I as yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. So interesting that no one knew. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of God which was good upon me. And all, as also the kings were. So he told him about the hand of God that was good upon him, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us arise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. So I want to read some of those statements of truth this morning that I had spayed. I said, I am not here to convince anyone to honor Pastor Alva Hill. That was not my job, not to convince you. But I am here to declare the honor that the office of pastor carries and the honor that is owed. I'm not here to move you to embrace Pastor Alvaro as your pastor. 
I'm here to deliver an understanding of the gift of pastor. The embracing is all dependent on what you have understood. But throughout this teaching, I had, that, I had advised you, is from the start of this teaching until its very end, you will, have a seen, you will have seen and experienced that it's all God that is working in you and it is Him that you are dealing with at all times. So it is crucial, it is of utmost importance that you come to an understanding and into an, into an embracing of the gift of pastor at this time so that you can avoid the unfavorable judgment of God in the future. And the last statement I made is not understanding and embracing the gift of pastor not only puts you in a place of unfavorable judgment, but it also leaves you in a place in life where you are a lousy builder in this generation and in your generations to come. What do I mean lousy builder? And you know, there are some buildings that are just lousy. They're built wrong. And you know, they're cheap and they use cheap material. And they're just not made the way the home should be made. And a lot of times, you know, you see that most of the times they're, you know, establishing new communities and they're just building house after house after house close together. And, just, and it's, you know, people getting in there and, you know, really they're in a home. But it's, it's the thing about it, we're talking about an, a building that's going to last is what we're referring to. And, you know, I'm not talking about nobody's home. I'm talking about a building that's going to last not only in your generation, but in the generations to come. See, we're not worried about a foundation here. Really, we're not. Uh, the foundation has been laid. We know false doctrine. We know false teaching. We know what we can go to and say, you know, that is just not proper. We're talking about building. We're talking about building. Not only, see, our vision even declares it upward, inward, and outward. You know, that's, you know we're, we're actually building upon a foundation that has already been laid. So it's not necessarily, even at that, that speaks to authority on our side. Even that statement, it speaks to God being on our side because God is a moving God. God is a God that's like, okay, we got this set, now let's go. We got this settled, we got this established, now let's go. See, it, God never left the people of Israel once He brought them out of Egypt. He had a destination. You know, and God has a destination for His people. See, building, us building, we want to make sure, like for example, even in the order that we have, as it pertains when I told you this morning, where did you expect us to go to have a pastor in this ministry? That is building. Where it pertains, even though it's a foundation, that's still building because that's always going to be here. It's going to be in place and it's going to be strong. Where, where the people was like, she, she declared it. We're not going to have a premature pastor here. We will never have a premature. He will have already been established, knowing the vision, having direction. You understand that Joshua, it's interesting to me with Joshua, that Joshua, he started hearing from God after. You know, once the guy said, you're not going over, and God said, I already, he already, even though he was chosen, it's like God's like, now I'm speaking to you. It's like, Moses, my servant, is dead. You arise. You take these people over. See, that was building. I'm about to build. I'm about to, to establish something. We're going to this. It's interesting to know that, that you know that the overall vision is the same here. The overall vision. Our assignment, our direction, that can change. But the overall vision is always going to win the loss. Always going to seek and save that which was lost. Always. That's our overall vision. But there had to be a foundation laid about what we could, what, who we were, who we are in Christ, what we can, you know, the things that are good for us to eat, 
That was all laid out for us. And it's like, you know, you've been well nourished. It's time for you to build. But see, it's even outward. I know when people, when I talk to people, I uh, talk to these, and I talk to a bunch of people because I love to talk. So, you know, I sit there in this coffee shop and met some more people. They asked me, and, and I'll give you a, a point, uh, a pointer, young adults, uh, well, anybody in Pastor Hills Arrows or Next Gen, wear your apparel. Wear it on a constant basis. People would, you know, even, and I was telling Mr. Martin, it's so interesting, you wear this at work, and they're like, uh, hey, Pastor. And, I, and I'm like, I try to explain it to them. After a while, it's like, that's, that's fine. But it makes you carry yourself a totally different way. You know, it, it, you say, you, you know, you know, you're going to have to walk a little different. You're going to have to make sure, even though it's not saying that you're not, and just saying it, it gives you, even in that time, that the young lady yesterday, she goes, are you a pastor? I said, no, I'm not a pastor. I'm a minister under my pastor. And then I started explaining to her. She goes, we're a new ministry, Antioch. And said, we're having service in a, in a school. I said, that's good. We started in, a, in an apartment complex. I said, and I started, and she was excited. Her and her friend, they were excited about, when I started telling them about the young adults ministry, I tell them about what we're going to do ministries and about, you know, uh, the actual uh, etiquette. And she goes, that, was, that is awesome. They were just enjoying it. Because these people do not have those kind of establishments. When I started talking about what we're teaching in, in, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the next gen service, there was those things people do not have in place. We have those things in place. We have those things in place. Why? That is actually building. It's building into your lives and it's, it, it's building supports and beams that are going to hold you up and say, you know what? I always know where to go. Um, I always know where my support is. I always know how to build upon this. You know, those are the things that you've got to realize that God is on our side. Those things right there, when I say God authority is on our side. You know, that's why you, we sh- you shouldn't be afraid. It's like, you know what? I know that I'm going to get fed. I know that I'm going to get support. I know I'm going to be built. So, I'm going to get back to my notes. So, these statements of truth... The, the definition of understanding was to perceive the meaning of, grasp the idea, comprehend, to be thoroughly familiar with, apprehend the character, the natures and subtleties of. And embraces what we're going to deal with this, morning, this, this evening is to take or receive gladly or eagerly, accept willingly. It means to avail oneself. And I, like, I told you that I like the definition avail oneself because it means to be of use of or value to. To be of use of. You say, I'm making use of something. It has become valuable to me. It also means a profit and an advantage. You know, it's hard. And these are the simplicities of the teaching. It's hard to make use of something that you're not there for. It, you cannot make you. And I told you, once you have something, when, when something's to your advantage, you're like, I have to use this because it's to my advantage. Regardless of what it is, it's like, I make it a point, this is valuable to me and I don't want to lose it because this is of use to me. It is profiting me. It's to my advantage. And your church services, those are profitable to you. Those are advantageous for you. Those are the things that you make use of because you're not going to be familiar with the actual person in office. You're actually going to be familiar with the actual office. See, there's, see, there's a big difference. Because you may, like I told you, in a congregation like this, yes, she'll pass you by and say hi. But you may be in a, a congregation that's, uh, and have a, a lot of people in this congregation that she may not be able to talk to you. 
You know, and it's not necessary. But she will have your hands on you. Her hands on you. The gift will have their hands. I think about my pastor. Pastor was about having his hands on people. But he did it in such a way that he didn't necessarily have to talk to you directly. And that's just the way the gift of pastor works. You know, I think of people, he's even told me, I need you to spend time with so-and-so. You know that his hands were on them even though they were not on them. Because he knew what I, what I would do. He knew what I would direct them. He knew where I would go. Even when we chatted and you say, like, what's going on with so-and-so? And I would share things with him. And, like, and I, I, w- I would be frustrated about certain things. And, you know, he would tell me about this. This is why. This is the reason why. But, you know, all of those things is the gift of pastor. And he was making... And the thing is, people don't want to make use of it. Because... The familiar, 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 they, they become familiar with things. It's like, you know, this is not what I want. I think the biggest thing for people, and I'm going to share this, I don't believe our, our problems are not going to come from people that are new. Our problems don't come from people that are new. Our people comes from, from leadership with the wrong heart. And to tell you the truth, lots of times, they already came with the wrong heart. They got into a place, a position, a lot of the times, because... They went through protocol. They did what they had to do. They came to they came to our they did our new members class. They did our you know our our AMC class. They they got into these classes. They did all these things. And you know you see their attendance and you see it's like you know I'm, I'm really I'm, I want to put my hands on something and you let them put their hands on something and all of a sudden their heart starts to show, and their heart starts to show based on not wanting to walk under submission. Not wanting to be indiscipline, not wanting to be accountable to somebody. You know, it's interesting that, like, uh, like I, I think of the the next gen and Pastor Seals Arrows. You know that there's really, as I, as I as we think about it, you know, you see myself, you see Minister Hayson, you see Brother Hill, and you know what? And and I love that that uh, in our teachers meeting, our, our our pastor said, you know, there's four department heads here, and not one of them is in charge. Not one of them is in charge. He said, unless there's an agreement among them, there will not be a decision made about it. There will not be something carried about. Because there has to be a unity. There has to be a oneness. So when I deal with Minister Hayson, when I deal with Brother Hill, if, if they're not in agreement with something that, I'm, that, that I would like to do, we all have to be in agreement about it. And if they are too in agreement with it, I come in agreement with it. I have no issue with that. Because it's about bringing what's going to work best. What's going to happen? I may have not, like for example, when we started, I was like saying, no, I think that the, the, the ministry of the Word should come before the, oh no, the, the ministry of the Word should come after the panels, after the panelists. But you know what? They weren't in agreement with that. But I had no issue with that because something was going to, whether it's the Word or whether the panel, the Word is going to go forth. So it doesn't matter. Those are the things that are really, that I don't have to have my way in them. Because I'm not trying to make a name for myself. Oh, so you know, I have to do this. Well, I have to do that because I can, I, you know, I can draw. That's pretty much what it is. I have a talent. You know, I can do something. No, it's not about that at all. It's about the unity that needs to be in the leadership. And if there's something we don't agree with, we're discussing it within ourselves. But we know how to discuss disagreements. You know, say, there's never a disagree. Like what I say, we're, we were, we're walking disagreeably. There has never been that. And that's what I like about it because, you know, before, 
It's interesting. Before this ministry, some people were probably overwhelmed with doing certain things. But if you notice that there's a strength when you're doing certain things together. There's a strength when you're doing things. That's why there's not... Okay, say, do you want to take care of this? Hey, get with so-and-so. What do we do? What do we do in our next-gen services? Hey, say, how many, how many of you want to be responsible? Not who wants to be responsible. How many of y'all want to do this? So in, there's groups doing certain things. Because that's just teaching you unity. We are in agreement. That teach, You know, what we're going to do with y'all, it's all about showing you who your sister is and who your brother is. That's all. And who you're, and how you're supposed to see your brother and how you're supposed to see your sister. All of that has been taught from foundation, but we're building upon it. That's all we're doing. So, I want you to go back to, let's go, we talked about avail, once again, to be of use of, value, profit, advantage. And I like these words because it denotes effort and not just effort, but a continual effort. The word avail oneself in. The hand, let's get to the hand and I want you to go to Nehemiah. We're going to go back to this word ham because I want to spend some time in it. Nehemiah chapter 1. And let's rest there. I'll give you a few things before I get there. So the first thing you want need to do when, uh, when we're dealing with embrace, you have to embrace the understanding of the gift. Embracing the understanding of the gift entails the embracing of the lifestyle of one that's after an understanding. See, see, you cannot, like I want to tell you, I, I mentioned this to my brother yesterday. Like, having an understanding, getting an understanding, you can get it, but you must keep the understanding. You must gather it and say, you know what, I understood, like for this morning, I think some of y'all understood, and this is all in the hand of God. See, this is God's hand that's delivering this. This is nothing but His authority, His means, His direction, that has been given to us because He loves us. Well, Minister Hastings said it comes from the love of God. The gift comes from the love of God because he, a pastor after his own heart means this is all who I am and I'm giving it to you. See, when He ascended on high, you've got to remember Jesus, all authority was given to Him is put in His hands. And He said, and I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you everything that's on It belongs to the church and it's for your perfection. For your unity, for your strength. The thing I, I want you to understand is then embracing. I told him, is the difference between understanding and then all of a sudden we want to embrace, but there can be an immediate embrace, but embrace is really not seen for a process of time. How I have embraced something. It does, you just like, well, I've embraced it, I got it, I've embraced it. And it's easy to sit here and tell my pastor, this is what I embracing without actually showing her through the months and the years they come. So, you know, he's embraced it. You know, he's embraced it. How I... See, think about it. Even on the... Even... You know how you know you've embraced it? Check out your prayers for her. How do you pray for her? That's how you know you're embracing this gift. Because... If you only pray for those things that are really important to you, and 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 and, then, and you say, you know what? It's, and this is not a condemnation because we all can have room to grow in every area of our lives. We can say, you know what? I I can do better in this area, or you know how how we support the gift, and all those how we discipline our lives, all of those things 
denote an embracing. So every one of us has room to grow in the embracing. So we must first understand and then embrace. And we're embracing, remember, we're embracing that which is in the hand of God. So when we're embracing it, we've actually embraced Christ. We're embracing the gift of God given to us. So I advised you in the book of Nehemiah, to me, and this is where we're going, is a perfect picture of the call of God and the assignment upon the life of Pastor Alva Hill. For it speaks of an individual coming from a place that is under authority and being graced to stand in the office of overseer, shepherd, pastor of God's people. It also depicts a picture of a season that Church of the Living Water is in. It is a season of arising and building as we restore this generation. But in order to be the effective wall builders we have been called to, we must first understand and embrace this office that he's referring to. So, Nehemiah chapter 1. Let's see where Nehemiah is coming from. And we are going to get back to the hand of God because it's going to come up. Verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month of Cheselu, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan, the palace. So, he was in a place of authority. He was a pla- and he was serving in a place of authority. He was under authority and serving in a place of authority. Nehemiah chapter 2. I just want to go through these real quick. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. Then I told them of the hand of my God which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. See, in this place of authority, see, that's why, that's why I told you this morning that uh, authority is on our side. God's established authority is on our side. Because we just don't pick people because, like for example, what gives her the right to stand in the office of pastor? And we're going to talk about this because this is why the hand of God came up to me. Is Have you ever, and I'll say this again, have you ever, because in the past you remember what pastor says, I'm the pastor. My wife is not called to pastor. Do you remember that? And have you ever sat here and, and heard sister, my pastor, say, I'm called a pastor? And she's never said that. So, she's never said that she's called a pastor, but it's so interesting how the hand of God works. And, and that's why when I went home and I started looking at it, I said, you know what, that is so interesting. Because it's interesting that the hand of God can be upon someone and that same hand can be put on someone. It, it can be, and, and, and that's ministry. That's established ministry. It's interesting that the hand of God, there is, a, and, I, and I wrote it this way, I wouldn't want to read it, the direct call to the ministry and the passing on of ministry. There is a difference between the direct, like for example, pastor would always declare his call. And our, our pastor is called, but she's never declared that she was called a pastor. She's never declared that. But in our authority, God on our side, she was positioned to do and she was placed in a place because of the authority that she was under. See, and the thing is, you like, it's interesting that you didn't have to know about it. It's interesting that you didn't have to know about it because there's certain people that don't know about it and will not know about it and are not privy to those conversations. And it's and, and why God does that? I have no idea. That's that's God. You know, I'm like, hey, God, that's that's the way you do things. 
And there is no questioning. Once he's actually declared it, there is no questioning about it. So let's go back to the hand. So Pastor Alva Heal, and I, and I say that for the purpose of this teaching, because she is my pastor, stands in the office of pastor which comes from the hand of God. Revelations 1 and 20 states from the right hand of God, which is the place of authority. God's right hand is his authority. He said, it comes from this hand. Those seven stars, he says, the mystery of the seven stars in Revelation, the seven candlesticks, he goes, the seven candlesticks are the seven churches, but the seven stars are the messengers, the angels of those churches, and I hold the seven stars in my right hand. He said, these are mine. See, and I told you that the hand, going back to the hand, that the hand, it means, of course, the upper wrist all the way to the fingers, but it talks about possession. It indicates possession. That means that that's what's in his hand, the hand that Nehemiah was talking about, it's his. He owns it and he controls it. He said, this is not yours. It's given to you so that you can benefit. But it's not your gift. It's, it's yours for your benefit, for your use. It's yours for your use. But when it comes down to the owner and the giver, that's all God. He said, I own it. I give it. And I give it according to my heart. And I give it from my purpose. He says, not only do I own it, I control it. He said, I control this office. This office, there's, there's no, this office is not in danger. This office is settled and established. You know, it's not in danger. And it also denotes power. Force and ability sufficient for the task. It's force and ability. It's sufficient, that means it's adequate for the purpose. It's adequate. You don't need anything else. I've given you something that's sufficient enough, adequate for the purpose. It's and then he says, as an extension of the hand. So he's not finished with that definition. That's why I like the second part of the definition. He said, it's the force and ability sufficient for the task as an extension of the hand, as a necessity. I'm going to read it. As an essential. I'm going to read that again. So I'll misquote it. It says this, it means force and ability sufficient to accomplish a task as an extension of the hand, as of the part of the body which is essential. It's absolutely necessary for this extension of the hand. You cannot get away from that power and force without that hand being extended to you. It has to be. And he's extended his hand. God extended his hand when he delivered you out of darkness. Just like the Bible has seen word types and shadows in the Old Testament, when he delivered, because I delivered him with a strong hand, with an outstretched arm. It was my hand that did it. Everything. He said, I use my servant, but my hand did it all. It was in my hand. My servant is in my hand. And you're going to see the same hand upon Nehemiah is the same hand that was in Moses' life. The exact same hand. And the thing about it is, is that when he delivered the people of Israel, he delivered it with his outstretched hand, his outstretched arm, his mighty hand. The Bible says that he does the same thing for us. He did it by the extending of his hand. And he released his power. When did he release his power? When Jesus rose again from the dead, he said, I, I want to stop right here and I want to give gifts to men. And he gave the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and teacher for your perfection. For your edifying, for your building up. That's all for you. That's God saying, I am not finished. I goes, and I'm still not finished because I'm going to show the angels what I'm going to do in you. 
He's not finished. He's going to do everything. But He's done it through His authority, His hand, extended to you. It's all in His hands. So going back to, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 34. Let's talk about this because this was interesting to me. When considering, I said, I, I, I put this in my notes. Authority is on her side, Pastor Alva Hill. My recollection, my, what I remember, I don't ever recall, and I just stated this, Pastor Alva Hill ever stating that the Lord was calling her to pastor. That was never declared in this many ministry that I can recall. But I do see this one, this, this in the scriptures. I see this in the scriptures. And this was so interesting to me. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. And it's also in the New Testament for those that say, well, that's Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 9. Let me get there because I do want to read this. I know there's a 34 because I wrote it. 34 verse 9. Is that the right word? 34 and 9? Let's see. It is. I was in 33. 34 and 9. It says, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands upon him. And the children of Israel hearkened unto him as did as the Lord and did as the Lord commanded Moses. So interesting. That same hand is used. He said, I'm extending my... It's so interesting that not only is this power available for the servant that's called, but for the servant that passes it on. He said, oh, I'm going to lay my hands on him. He said, and I, that power... that Because see, once, once again, Joshua was tried. Joshua was proven. Joshua was under authority. But you don't hear Joshua talking about necessarily that I can remember. You, I have no problem you telling me, oh, hey, it's in this place. Where God actually spoke to him about his calling beforehand. Necessarily. But God had positioned him in such a fashion that this can be passed on to you. He, was, he brought him into the promised land. He fulfilled God's purpose and he was leading that, that people. But that was passed on by somebody else. We see it in the life of Timothy. I said that this morning. I don't remember Timothy declaring his call. Neither Titus, even though because they don't have books, Paul wrote that. But neither does it in, does, is the encounter of their call there. All it says is in first in Second Timothy. Turn there. Let's read that. Second Timothy, chapter one. And this is Paul writing to Timothy. Verse 2, it says, To Timothy, my dearly beloved son. This is my son. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank my God, thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which was dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and then thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. See, me personally, and, and the thing is, you can see this throughout the New Testament. And I wanted to read something. 
Several passages describe in the New Testament ordination by the laying on of hands. Timothy was chosen by prophecy, recommended by Paul, and ordained to, to the task of pastor by the laying on of hands by Paul in the assembly of the elders. My thing is this. That's the way God does things. And I told you this. And the, the question was this. Why Pastor Alva Hill? And it's so interesting that when Nehemiah talks about the hand of God upon his life, he comes from a place. From a, see, she didn't come out from, a, from out, out, from, what was it? He didn't come from out under authority. She came from a place from up under authority. She, she, she's come from that place. Sisters River said it this way, she comes from the same sacrifice. She, she understands the sacrifice. She understands what happens in this office of pastor. She understands what is needed. She understands how to manage it. She understands what was given to her. And the thing about it is, Nehemiah said it this way, I told him about the good hand of God and the king's word to me. See, there's certain things that you have not been privy to that she was. So let's just talk. Let's say all of a sudden they say, Minister Rodriguez, you're going to have to step up. You're going to have to step up and get in the office of pastor. But you know, it's so interesting that us, we would have actually, you know, we would like, you know, hey, God's people need to be helped. We've got to make sure this is going. But you know that we would have gone to, to her for counsel. We would have gone to her for understanding. Because there are certain things that she was privy to that I was not. There are certain charges. What he said, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 31. See, I just want you to understand that we're not out of order. We're not out of order. We do, we're doing things by the authority of God. The authority of God is on our side. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 23. And he gave Joshua, the son of Nun, a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel in the land, which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. See, you don't know the charges that were given. I don't know the charges that were given. But when we sit down, she didn't say anything about what God had put in her heart until it was time. So this is what we're going to do. So all of a sudden you come up, we're in a season of arising and building and we're going to restore this generation. But you know that is God. That is God restoring this generation because this generation needs to be restored. This generation needs to know God. They need to know because once again, it's so interesting. She talk, we talked about interim pastor this morning and, and, and I'll get back on that. But it's so interesting how she says, I want to get my assignment done quickly. And what she meant by that is because there's a different place. It's so interesting. She goes back to, let's go back to Paul. He said, he said uh, you know, it'd be better for me if I go. He said, but I know it's needful, me, needful for me to stay for your benefit. Because there's something that still hasn't been completed. But if it's for me, I would go to my eternal reward. So I want to finish my assignment. And you know what? However long. And she said it once again. All these things you don't think. I listen. You know, she said, you know, I'm not going to tell you how long it's going to be. It may be a year. It may be two years. It may be three. I'm not going to tell you how long I'm going to be in, 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 this, in, in this office of pastor. And she doesn't have to. She just told you. 
that she is going to make sure that we don't have a premature pastor coming up here. Amen. And the thing about it is this. Even at that, Brother Hill is a part of this generation that we're restoring. He's a part of it. You know, so it's, he's still a part of what God is doing. You understand? All of that. And there's nothing taken away. He'll tell you. I call him and say, this is our future pastor. Because I know there's always going to be a respect there. Because I know even him, Sister Tammy said it clearly, they all come from the same sacrifice. He understands that this takes a lot. This, that I can't. See, my thing is when he gets and he stands in the office of pastor, he'll remember what he's been told to him. It's interesting how God to bring it to your remembrance and it just reminds you. You remember when your dad did this? And how, you know, I can even remember things that he would tell me about his father, about the cough that he had. He said, you know, my, sometimes my dad would just be coughing and coughing and coughing. I'm like, Dad, are you all right? He says, son, I'm going to get up and I'm going to minister. That is, a, that is the, 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 the importance of the call to him. He'll never forget that. He will never forget that. And so when he wants to say, you know, is it this, uh, that a do attitude... I don't think God will let them do it. So what do you mean? That a do attitude. It'll never happen. God has a way of doing what He's going to do. All we have to worry about is being under authority. And authority is on our side. Authority is not going to leave us. So Pastor Alva Hill, God's authority is on His side. So you don't have to worry about what's going to happen. So in Nehemiah, going back to Nehemiah, let's get back there. Nehemiah chapter 2. And we're starting to conclude a few things. But I do want to repeat that interim pastor thing. And the reason I want to repeat it is because those that were not in here and they were in, 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 our, in our teaching and doing what they do, it's very important that you understand that, you know, Minister Hasten got up here and, she, and, he, and he declared... That is not, she is not interim pastor, she is pastor. And I will say this, the statement was given because somebody made a difference. Someone is making a difference. Between, and they're treating, well, she's really not the pastor, she's an interim pastor. And I told you that sister, our pastor, Alba Hill, our, my pastor, she said this. She goes, I'm, your inter- I'm an interim pastor. And she put interim in front of pastor in the office of who stands, she stands in the office, she's put interim in front of pastor, not, not to define the office. It was never to define the office because the office is only defined by God. He already defined it. The honor that it deserves, He defines it. See, interim was never, in the hand of God, is not interim pastor. In the hand of God, it's pastor. Interim only speaks to our situation, to our circumstance. But it doesn't speak, it doesn't define pastor. It will never define pastor. So when she says, I'm interim, I'm speaking to the situation that we're in because I'm doing a work in this season. Remember the span of time that is given to us to fulfill the plan of God. She has a span of time in the office of pastor. She has a span of time and that's to fulfill the, God of, to fulfill the, 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 the purpose of God. But after that, the beautiful thing about it is it'll never in the eyes of God he's like I don't see this as interim pastor I, I see this as you fulfilling the call of God 
the purpose of God. He's like, and I told you, we are all temporary. My pastor was interim pastor because he was only for a season. And he did his work and now it's time. for. But the thing is, pastor's still the same. The office of pastor is still the same. It will still correct you. It was so the way your pastor would address you when she addresses you the same way when Pastor Hill, Pastor Alva, my pastor addresses you the same way. Don't get surprised. You know, don't say, you know, she says I've taken on his persona about certain things. That is not an unusual thing because, you know, that's where she that's where she received her charge. Why do you expect her to be any different? You know, when they talk about, and uh, Brother Eberhardt talked about uh, them that say, you know, you, you sound like your pastor. Why do you expect it to be any different? That is where, see, I even go back to my thing. I start thinking, you know what? I've struggled with my call in the past. I've struggled with certain things. Even my pastor says, why do you struggle so much with your call? And it was interesting because I didn't have these spectacular moments with the call of God. Where, you know, people have this, these spectacular, supernatural moments with the call. And I was like, you know, I've always been told about the call of God. But, you know, it didn't come to clarity, true clarity. It didn't come clear to me until our pastor, my pastor, who stands in the office of pastor, talked about the gifts of God, the, the gifts of the Spirit. And that was when we were uh, on, on, on the first time she spoke of it. We were up there in, on across uh, from Tinseltown. But she talked about the gift of exhorter. And I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, and it was so powerful to me. But because I was in there when in Sunday morning, I was teaching in the back. Another member came to me and says, that is who you are. Yeah. And, and I was like, OK, I got to listen to this. But that was exactly who I was. And, you know. I started realizing that my call was connected to pastor. It was connected to him. I could, my, my calls didn't start, the call of God upon my life, my ministry of even evangelizing, that didn't become effective until Church of the Living Water. Not effective. I've always wanted to do it. I've always there. It was, it was always a desire and a care and a burden. But that burden didn't become reality until I was under Authority. That was passed to me. He thought, he he laid his hands on me and said, "This is who you are." And and that authority. See, so don't don't get it twisted. God is on our side. Authority is on our side because we're in the place where God is. Like I told you, there will never be a time that church will live in water will be without a pastor. Never. You know there. And and I will say this: we don't need a co-pastor. We will never need a co-pastor. It was not in our foundation to have a co-pastor. There is problems with a co-pastor. I can talk about just the situations where the, the church had lost their pastor and there was a co-pastor and now he's not there because there was never in his heart. You know, that all those things, there was, should be something already set up for a ministry to continue going without missing a step. Didn't say that there wasn't a time of sorrow and a time of mourning. A time of you know what? What's going to happen? But there was always clarity about ministry. We're going to continue going forward. It doesn't stop. So, and I even told you, you know, there was opportunities for her to do something different. I guarantee you. She didn't have to take on ministry. And you would think, why did she take on ministry? 
you know, the struggles, the cares. But once again, not only, not only, think about this, she comes out from a place up from under authority, but her burden was birthed as she was under authority. The burden for the people, that same burden that, Allah, that Nehemiah said, I heard about my brethren. And I knew, I saw the distress they were in. I saw the walls. I examined them. I can't just walk away from this. The people are needing a pastor. So once again, God is on our side. The authority of God is on our side. I want you to go, let's see where where we're going to go because I want to start finishing this up. Stay with Nehemiah chapter 2. Always remember this. Now we're going to start talking about the opposition. In this season that we're in, there will always be opposition. And I told you, you'll see that in the life of Nehemiah. From the very start to the very end, opposition never stopped. And the thing about it, opposition, and I told you, it will become, it will, it will begin as here, so you will hear things that people say. And the thing about it is, it's interesting that Nehemiah never addressed him when he would hear about it. Never People would tell them what somebody said. They would speak about what somebody... But they never stopped building. They would not get... Even when he invited them to have this conversation with Sambalot, he said, oh no, I'm not going to go to the valley of oh no. I'm not going to stop building. And, what, and the thing about it, when their opposition became confrontational, even at that, God dealt with it. They never, it's interesting, they never dealt with the opposition. God only commanded them to keep on building. See, your responsibility in this season is to understand the office and embrace the office and keep on building. Keep on, don't stop building. Because as you continue building, God is on our side. See, that's what happened. And every, you've got to understand something. Where is the gift of pastor? Where is any, any servant of God is in his hands. He owns it. He controls it. So when you come against what he is doing, you've come against him himself. So why won't he find? See, I love. I don't. I don't. I wanted to study this out, but I didn't have. But I love Psalms 46. It says, "The Lord is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in the time of trouble." Therefore, will we not be? You know, why will we be afraid? I'm going to paraphrase it. Though the though though the mountains fall, though the sea be you know taken away, though this happen, though the, he goes, there is a river that makes glad the city of our God. And then he says, "The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge." See, my thing is this: as long as God is with you. There is nothing to fear for any of us. We may not have an understanding. There may be times that we go through certain things that we don't have clarity, that we're asking, but we don't stop our building. We don't stop what we're doing to, to, to allow. The thing about it, even, comp- you know, it, it, it'll, it'll look foolish for my pastor, and, it's, and, and Brother Everhart addressed this, that the servant of God shouldn't strive. You know, it would be really foolish if I saw my pastor, her sons, and her sons are incapable of doing it. You know, and her sons fighting with some of the members. 
There is a way to deal with certain things and God will deal with it. And, and, and believe me, if it got to a point, there would be some... Your, and your pastor would just say, your founding pastor would have done the same thing. He's like, if you're going to mess with certain people, then you're going to see something you don't want to see. And he said, you know, there's, there, and, 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 there, and there comes a point, but, but I want to be honest with you. I don't believe God allowed to get to that point. I don't believe God because God knows that He has to deliver His people. And he will deliver. He knows how to deliver. Think about this: if he know how to deliver just Lot, just Lot, you hear that? He knew how to deliver just Lot after the temptation. How can he not deliver those that are walking justly? And that's interesting. Lot is interesting. He calls him just Lot, and he says, "I know how to deliver the godly." Who Lot? Just godly? God is merciful. But he. But the thing is, God is merciful. So my thing is this. When people are doing what God wants them to do, then I God, I just put myself in your hands. And think about it. What we're doing, we shouldn't have to answer to people why we're doing it the way. Like for example, their answer was here. And every message that we took time for pastors' appreciation. You know, it's easy. We can go back and say, like for last year's interesting. It was interesting last year. We we still remembered our founding pastor. We remembered, you know, then and now, how we could honor him. But it's interesting that this is the first pastor's appreciation for our pastor, Pastor Alva Hill. And the embracing hasn't started yet. Not necessarily. The, the, the initial embracing is there. But really embracing, that hasn't started yet. Because these messages were for that. Every message was, got to understand who you're dealing with. You're not dealing with her. And then he said, then you've got to embrace that understanding. Don't let it get away from you. We have to understand it and we have to embrace it so that we can do what we need to do. That is wall build. Nehemiah chapter 2. Let's start at verse. Let me get there. I'm not too far. Starting at verse. Interesting. This is after Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 10 is after the king from the beginning he told him about the good hand of God upon his life and the king granted him what he desired to go help his people and our possession was immediately. Even at, from, the, from the onset it was immediate. He said, When Sambalot and Hor- the Horonite and Tobiah the servant the Ammonite heard of it it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. You have to understand. Ask yourself, anybody, and those that hear the message on SoundCloud, wherever, ask yourself, why does it grieve me that she's in the office of pastor? And then you have to ask yourself, am I aggrieved with somebody seeking the welfare of God's people? Am I Sanballat? Am I grieved with that? Do I have a problem? And I'm going to tell you what these people's problems really are. Even when it comes down to uh, uh, the sons of Korah. You know, uh, Korah and, 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 and Dathan, I believe his name was. These brothers, there, were, there, there was an issue with them. And I told you that our problem is not going to come from people that are new. People that are new, they come in here and they're like, they see this. And it's like, my God, what is this? This is, you know, my visitor for, uh, and I was telling my pastor, my visitor came in on that Sunday morning. She goes, I was so convicted 
He said, you know, and she told him my pastor when your pastor was ministering. I was convicted. I heard her say things and she was telling me. He said, but but that lady, that girl was like, I like that. I like that place. I like everything that y'all do. I enjoy the music. I like the setup. But these people don't understand ministry. But it's the problem when you get people in the inside of us to start knowing how we do things. And all of a sudden it's like, no, I want something. I have a different motive. My intent is different. You know, when I came here, it's, I'm telling you, God knows who He calls. Because I necessarily, I wanted to do something for God, but I could have been in the, in, 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 in the back somewhere. You know, I didn't have to be at the forefront doing certain things. That's not what I was necessarily wanting to do. For somebody that would avoid getting in front of people, it's like, no, that's not what I want to do. No, so God knows who He chooses. Once again, He uses the simple things, the rejected things, the things that's like, no, that's what I want. I want that thing that's weak. I want that thing that says that they can't do it. That's the thing that I... Because even before you said you can't do it, He already saw you doing it because He had performed it. He actually ordained it. He said, no, no, you'll be all right. He said, so God is... That's the way God is. So it's interesting from the onset that there was opposition but it didn't stop him from doing what he did. Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 18. No, eight, verse 18. Sorry, not chapter 18. Verse 18. After, now he's actually searched, the, he, went, he examined the walls, he did whatever he did. Even after, you notice that he didn't deal with the opposition. He said, let me find Sanballat. Let me find Tobiah. No, he didn't do it. He, he did what he needed to do. He went and actually examined the walls. And after he did everything, he then, in verse 18, Then I told them of the hand of God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us arise and build. So we, they strengthened their hands for the good work. But when Sanballat and the Horonite, and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? So, these interesting people, they, they're like, you're not under the authority of the king. They don't think that we're under God's authority. It's like, no, y'all doing things. See, once again, I told you, no, they want to keep it in the Hill family. And they want to make sure that the Hills are making a name for themselves. And they want to make sure, regardless, and, and, you, and you don't understand that it's the authority of God at work. It's how God does things. It was always going to be that way. But for some reason, you don't think that they're under the authority of God. So you start speaking things that you have no idea what you're talking about. Again, they said, But when Sambalat and the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do? Will you rebel against the king? Then I answered them and said unto them, The God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build but you have no portion, no right, no memorial in Jerusalem. That's interesting because that denotes to me that they are lousy builders. There's no portion, no right, no memorial. You know that buildings denotes a memorial. It denotes something that, you know, the things that we do, somebody is going to be able to remember those things and say there was a season that... Our founding pastor passed. And his wife, Pastor Alba Hill, stepped into the office. And they built. And they did a work that will never be forgotten. That's a memorial. 
But people, once again, those that will come against us, they will be lousy builders. There will be nothing. See, I want to be remembered as somebody that did not... See, that's, that's a beautiful thing about a servant. A servant that doesn't quit. He may not get it right. He may... Like when I told you, God may... When God knows who He calls, He doesn't call somebody that's going to quit. He doesn't... He knows what's going to happen, but I just don't... I don't see... No, I, I would say this. I can't say that God... Let me take that back. Because God calls who He wants to call. But He knows who's going to quit. Like when people talk about uh, the prophet Jonah. And they're like, well, running from their call. And we talked about that. Jonah was called. He wasn't running from his call. He didn't want to do what God told him to do. So God knows who He called. And then Jonah did what God wanted him to do. And God knew that Jonah was going to do what He wanted him to do. So Jonah was called and he fulfilled the purpose of God. But he just had to do it the hard way. But once again, these folks think that once again that we're out from under authority and we're all under authority. So let's go to Nehemiah chapter... I want to go... No, you know what? I want to go to number 16. We're going to end with number 16. And I made, and I made mention of this. Our opposition is not necessarily going to come from those who are new to our community. Or our ministry. That is, from those who are new to how we do things. No, it's going to come from those who have been close to us. But they do not share a heart. Always remember, the proper heart seeks God. There is never anything wrong with questioning what is going on. The key is who you are asking and the reason you are asking. So, Numbers chapter 16 and we're going to finish with this. Numbers 16. Let me get there. I am here. Number 16. Verse 1. Now Korah, the son of Eshar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, interesting, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and On, the son of Peleth, the son of Reuben, took men, so it's interesting that they're no longer asking. They're inquiring and getting other people to follow. It's interesting how they've done it. And they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said to them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift up your... your Lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. So interesting. Once again, it amazes me how people, they want to contradict or they want to come against what they believe God is, what they say, what you know and believe that God is saying in your life. But I'm like, what validates what you believe? You know, you can tell me that's wrong, but where, what validates, where, where, where's the proof of what you believe? Where can you stand on? So these brothers, they come up and saying, you know, you take too much upon yourself because, like for example, who gives her the right to stand in the office? Because once again, they don't think that we're under authority, but authority is on our side. So we go back to them and I'm like, so from what authority do you come from? Because for some reason they think they're under the authority of God, but why do they, go, why do they have to go about doing things the way they do? 
because unlike the authority of God is never to cause division. So anything that's causing division, the Bible says that is not of God. Because there's a way that, once again, it goes back to, it's all about why you're asking and who you're trying to get on your side. I should never, if I understand something, if I don't understand something, I should never try to get somebody on my side if I don't understand something. If I don't understand something, I need to question who has an understanding. I need to ask. And then I have to ask with the right heart. Say, what is this about? You know, how, do, how can I understand this? Because I want to understand it. Many people that want to cause problems, they think they already have an understanding. And they try to teach you. When they come to try to teach you what we're doing is wrong and they're trying to teach you why it's wrong, they have the wrong heart. And they have other motives. These people had other motives. And when Moses, verse 4, heard it, fell upon his face. And he spoke unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy and will cause to come near to him. Even him whom he has chosen will he cause to come near to him. This do, take ye censers, Korah, and all his company, and put fire therein, and put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. Ye take too much upon you, ye sons of Levi. And Moses said unto Korah, so God, Moses is like, this pastor is like, okay, I want to get some things right with you. I want you to understand something. And this is the season right here. That's exactly why these messages go forth. To give you an understanding of how to deal with authority. There's a way to question and your questioning goes to the very one that holds them in their hands. And he knows how to answer your questions. But these people wanted to go directly to the people that God had placed in office. And Moses in verse 8 said unto Korah, Here I pray ye sons of Levi, Seemeth it but a small thing unto you that God of, the God of Israel had separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto him. And he hath brought thee near to him and all thy brethren the sons of Levi with thee and seek ye the priesthood also. There was the problem. The problem was that they wanted something that somebody else had. It's interesting that Sanballat it's interesting as I started studying Sanballat. Sanballat in some way, form or fashion seems to be associated with the Jews. And he was either a governor at the time somewhere else or, or, or striving to be a governor. But the land that he was going to be over, a part of it, was Judea. So there was something that he wanted. That's the reason why he gave Nehemiah a hard time. It's never, see, these people, it's all about what they want. It's never, it's never about, okay, what's good for the people of God? Because to me, I'm thinking this, if I go back, if I know, if I've got God's people's heart in mind, and I have an issue, I'm going to make sure the issue is correct in me first, before I poison somebody else. But people will know that for a fact. If somebody comes to you and questions what we're doing, ask them, who have you spoken to you about this? Who have you asked? Let them know, you know, who have you asked? Have you, tell them, have you, have you approached one of the ministers about it? Say, no, I haven't approached any minister about it. Because to me, that is trouble. That is trouble. Even when they come to us, we're going to direct them about, have you, have you talked to God? 
I will direct him exactly to what I pray. You could ask him, hey, did you, uh, were you in Pastor's Appreciation Month? Did you make it to our services on Sunday, on, on Wednesday? Those questions were answered. You know, why weren't you there? Or, did, or even that, you know, there's a lot of things. Why didn't you, get the, the, why didn't you go to the SoundCloud? Why didn't you listen to that? And that's where you should direct them. Like if they tell you, you know, I, this is the first time I've mentioned in anything, direct them there. Say, so, you know, I, I'm going to share what I've heard in, in, our, in, our, in our pastor's appreciation month. You direct them to the Word. But you never... Do. And then, once you do that, once you know, and this is just, you know, to protect us, then you should go to a minister. You should go to somebody and say, you know, this is, this is what somebody asked me. Because what does that do? Now, it's just like Nehemiah. What did they do when they heard? They heard what Sanballat and Tobiah wanted to do, that they set a watch. Night and day. And I, I was so interesting that I saw uh, something that uh, our, my pastor threw out on, on, uh, on, the, uh, on the group app. And it was a demonstration of power. And this trumpet had sounded. Was it? I'm like, okay. You know, I, 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 can, I, I can follow that in my message. Because one thing that Nehemiah always kept by his side was the one that blew the trumpet. Always. He's like, you know what? I know who to keep near. And I know who not to. And that trumpet, it's just like Brother, Brother Eberhardt said, it's the gathering. And we're going to gather. And then once again, once you do that, once you understand and say, you know what? This person approached me about this. I'm not going to keep it to myself. Now, you don't just go tell everybody. Now, don't be foolish. You go to somebody in authority and say, you know, this is what so-and-so shared with me. And let them minister to you on how to handle it. Because you don't want to get into messages. Because there's some, some sincere people that want to know. And then there's people that need to be watched. So I, I got my eye on you. I'm watching. I'm seeing what you, how you're going to handle this. What you're going to do. All of these things. Because the problem with these brothers here. And we'll continue as we continue reading. He said, it's oh interesting. That Moses said, hey, if God didn't call me, then the way you die is going to be a natural death. He said, but man, if, if God is called, pretty much I'm paraphrasing, he said, you're going to die a death that you really, you don't want to die. And it was, the earth swallowed them up. And it's so interesting when I was reading this. It, when I was reading this is that when authority is on your side, authority is always going to win. Always. And that song came to my mind. It's an old song. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's very true. You remember John Cougar Mellencamp? I remember John Cougar Mellencamp, right? Some of you are like, no, because it's not my style of music. But I will dedicate this song to all the Tobiases, all the Sanballats, all the, the Korah, the Dathans, I will dedicate this song. If anything you don't remember from this message, I want you to remember this song. And it, all it does is this. I fight authority, authority always wins. When I fight authority, authority always wins. I've been doing this thing since I was young and I come out grinning. But I fight authority, authority always wins. I want you to play that song for these people. And that's where I'm going to end. I want to end that song because that song, you'll never get away from authority. One part of that, that song, he says, I, I sought some counsel from a preacher and he wanted, round, he wanted strength for round five. 
And that preacher brother, son, you don't need no strength. He said, you need to grow up. And that's exactly what people need. They need to grow up. They need to get an understanding about authority. You can cue that song, my brother, because I want to play it for these people. He had the problems with the law. He had the problems with the law. And he was like, every time I fight authority, I'm always losing. Always losing. So give me strength around five. He wanted to keep on fighting. To dying, especially when you come to the floor against the door. It's interesting how people that come against authority, they raise people that come against authority. And it just, the song just speaks about you're always going to lose. Because see, the thing about it, you never come, you're not coming up against a man. God is like, no, you just dealt with what's in my hand. So, and the thing about it, within the hand of God, He's like, I know how to deal with people that come against an authority. And once again, I've told you, lousy builders for the kingdom of God. Don't establish anything. And that's not where we want to be. We want an understanding. We want an embracing. So I will tell you, all the questions you have, take them to God. Take them, God. God to answer those. You know, you're called here or you're not. That's really, it really boils down to we're either called here or we're not. Because I'm like this. If I'm going to cause trouble, I'm going to leave trouble with me. And I ain't going to hurt other people. And that's the way people need to be. Like, you know what? I may not understand something, but I need to find out what I need to do. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.